This podcast is produced by Unedited. There's definitely been times in my life where I froze or was silent and I would like to stand up and say no or stand up and how I felt. So stand up for yourself, be heard. Hello and welcome to episode 147 of In The Moment with me, Alex Manzi. And having been through my own battles with depression and anxiety, I decided to create a platform to help inspire you to live with more clarity and happiness by challenging the way you think, to open up your mind and to invite you to live in the moment. And on this week's episode, I am joined by Sophie Hellyer, who is a surfer, cold water swimmer, yoga teacher and environmental and feminist activist. And what I love about Sophie's work is that she perfectly encapsulates the world we're living in, where she doesn't just do one thing and she's kind of got this multi-hyphen job title, which I love. And she kind of just lets her passions in surfing and swimming lead the way for the topics that she's really passionate about, such as talking about the environment and equality for women. And like I said, I think, you know, subjects like this are so important these days. And to see someone who lets, you know, their work and the things that they do lead the way for to open up conversations like that, I think it's just really, really fascinating. So this is a very, very interesting conversation with Sophie. And during the chat, we spoke about lifestyle changes we can all make to help better the environment the negative effect on self-judgment, benefits of cold water swimming, a shocking, really shocking discovery about tampons. And there's even a moment where you'll hear me talk myself into going to join Sophie for a cold water swim in Cornwall, um, which is TBC at the minute, but it will happen. And as you guys know, the aim of this podcast is to inspire. So if you like what you hear in this episode, be sure to share it with a friend and spread the love. But right now, let's jump straight in and hear from Sophie. So thank you for joining me this morning um, via the amazing internet services that we have these days. Magical, mystical interweb. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Fascinating, right? It's amazing how like everyone has just adapted so quickly to like, oh, we have to do all of this stuff now online. But like, I'm just casually sat in my bedroom with my laptop on my windowsill <laughs> and a microphone in my face. Like, I feel really comfortable. So it's working out quite well so far. <laughs> yeah, I'm sat on my lounge floor on a yoga bolster pretty good love that i would see that's the only bugbear i've got is like where so where i'm sat is obviously like the window is like facing me it's the best place for the light and everything but i can't sit on the floor because my bed's right here so i'm kind of like have to perch awkwardly on my you bed are in you are doing a podcast in bed yeah pretty much i should, should just should just change the name again right called in bed for alex Menzi and just sit with my duvet Ooh. on it <laughs> um but yeah so i've got an, a list of things that you do in front of me like I'm glad you know what I do. <laughs> incredible list of things. But do you do you want to sum up in your own way um, what it is? Your what's your elevator pitch basically that you give to people? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm very bad. I don't pitch myself, and it's always my fear when someone says to me, "What do you do?" Because I find it so hard to answer that in a word or even a sentence. Yeah. Um, I guess the the easiest way to explain would be to say most of my work, um. I use sport like surfing and swimming in sport to talk about environmental and social issues, whether that's through writing, public speaking. Um, I host women's retreats. I teach yoga, um, probably some other things that I do producing. I am ambassador for a couple of charities, but yeah, I, I, I don't know what I do in one word. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I don't think that's a bad thing now. I think that's, that's kind of like, um, that is a, almost like a job in itself these days, isn't it? Like the multi-hyphen role and the multi-hyphen career. Yeah. I, I often feel like that when I try to explain like what I do or sometimes even what the podcast is about, I'm like, oh, well, it's kind of about like mental health and well-being and like, you know, positive thinking and like healthy living. And it's kind of, <laughs> there's a lot of things encapsulated in it. So it's a bit like, to me, it's always more about like why you do the thing you do, mm-hmm. but then also like, how you do it not so much like what it is that you do if that makes sense yeah even in the why for me it's a bit because there's kind of two strains to all my work so half of my work is focused on environmentalism and sustainability um, and kind of protecting the ocean and promoting its well-being and then the other half is kind of centered around feminism and Mm. I mean a lot of the time they're interwoven but even that is like there's two whys (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's suppose. yeah yeah suppose. so what what out of those things, this is going to be a horrible question for you to answer, but I'm, I'm going to do um, it. What What's the thing you're the most passionate about in what um, you do? 
in what I do. Um, definitely the hosting the women's retreats. So yeah. I host women's retreats that are yoga, cold water swimming, surfing, women's circles. We always do some like environmental activities like planting trees or beach cleans. Um, and it's that, it's the real like offline one-to-one connections and holding space for women and seeing how empowering it can be for them to jump in cold water in December. <laughs> That's the magic for me. Again, like, I love that, that the fact that it's like, you're going to give people like a, almost like a immersive experience Mm -hmm. of like what it is, your messages, you know? And I feel like it's for me again, like, you know, the podcast is that kind of thing. And, you know, part of what I wanted to do this year, which is, you know, probably massively put on the back burner now is, but do like some sort of retreats or like a live kind of immersive experience of like a few days or a day where we just get together and do you know not necessarily cold water swimming but <laughs> but like uh you know experience the meditation and just having yeah, breath work and movement yeah exactly and mm-hmm. uplifting conversations while you do it because i always find that when i do those sorts of things or i'm in that kind of headspace with a group of people you walk away so uplifted and you're like wow i really learned something here like this is incredible yeah it's interesting to see how because everyone's taking their events online and you know the online the igtv meditations and all the online world it's interesting to see how it works because obviously when you're in a room full of people you're in each other's electromagnetic fields and you're really like a sharing energy and holding space together and it's like uh, do you feel that online still when you're doing it because i haven't done any of them yet Uh, actually i did a live yoga class that was good yeah i haven't done any of the live meditations yeah i've done a couple i've been i've been hosting my own live meditations actually at 10 Mm a.m every day and getting like you know between 15 and 20 people joining which is really nice and it's kind of i think you do get a sense of you're sharing the experience with people but like you said you don't have the the, energetically exactly you're not feeling the energy but you know that you're sharing that moment together. And I think there's yeah. really nice, something really nice in experiencing a moment and sharing that moment with people. Yeah. And, you know, right now it has to be via Instagram. You yeah. know, TV the, or, yoga, you know. the yoga class I did was really good for that reason because it almost it holds you accountable as well. Like it, yeah. I was there for an hour and a half doing yoga, mm. whereas normally I might do 20 minutes and be like, okay. <laughs> so, it was, yeah, it was nice to be doing it with yeah. people. exactly and do you do a specific type of yoga is it like hatha or vinyasa um i do vinyasa and i also do yin and restorative yeah nice. i love restorative i basically just like lying around with my legs in the air yeah i was telling my mum about (laughs) yin yoga because we've been there so i'm at my parents house right now so me and my mum, i've been trying to get her to do yoga with me most mornings i've been following um do you know yoga of adrian on on youtube she's amazing right so i've been doing like her 30 day at home yoga thing and yeah some days it's quite tough and, and I was saying to my mum, you should, you should start doing yin yoga because you basically just lie there and like hold, hold there yourself. Still. That's why I got my old bolster here. You yeah. basically just cuddle a bolster under a blanket. Yeah. And it's called <laughs> yoga these days. Like, yeah. I thought it was napping. <laughs> I'll do yoga nidra, sleep yoga. So amazing. Yeah. Have you ever done kundalini yoga? That's interesting. No, I haven't, but I'd like to, I'm always, I'm up for anything. That's, that's <laughs> like, um, it's like part, part yoga, part, um like meditative experience part spiritual awakening it's really like Mm -hmm. it's very it seems very kind of um what's the word i'm looking for almost like um like not tribal is probably not the right word but there's a lot of like chants and like Mm -hmm. certain things that you have to do to kind of you know awaken your energies and all this it's really interesting i did it once with a friend and i was like wow that was intense (laughs) i'd recommend it cool and so so I wanted to talk a lot about kind of your, I guess, like the environmental work you're doing, because I think right now it's super important. And I think especially through what we're living, we're kind of experiencing how much we probably have messed up (laughs) the environment. Um, Mm -hmm. And we're also seeing a lot of the, um, the changes, the positive changes that are happening based on the fact that people in quarantine and there's less movement and less cars on the street, less airplanes, less this, you know, there's, yeah, there's mm-hmm. there's the um, pollution levels in certain areas of China have like massively lowered. There's the whole thing with, and I keep using this as my example, the the rivers in Venice, like the fish have come back to yeah. the rivers, and there was dolphins spotted. And it's kind of I know there's a lot of um, obviously for some people it's a really hard, challenging time, and people are losing family. But yeah, in terms of the earth and environmental they, like issues, it's kind of 
it's quite amazing. Like you sit back and you think, God, the earth's kind of regulating itself. Mm. Like we didn't listen to the fires. <laughs> We're like, oh, what fires? La, yeah. la, 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 la. And then the earth's like, no, I'm going to make you all stay at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it is. You can re- regenerate a little bit. It's crazy. And I think that's like, again, I think it just raises that consciousness of, well, a little bit, hopefully anyway, like you said, amongst all of the tragedy and all of the terrible stuff that's happening with, you know, the, the spread of the virus. But hopefully what it's doing is, is it's raising our consciousness into actually we should be taking better care of the environment. Because I think after just like, it was like two or three weeks in Italy, like the, the yeah. fish had returned to Venice. It was yeah, like amazing. no time at all. It was nothing. So, you know, what, what made you kind of go on that environmental kind of journey? Okay. So there's three different things that spring to mind when you ask. But um, I grew up surfing. So I started surfing when I was like 13 or 14. And by 15... I have won the British and English Junior Champions and then I kind of traveled the world surfing and modeling for that decade. But on my journey, so when I, my home break where I used to surf in North Devon, um, the wave breaks on a sewer pipe and there used to always be like tampons and condoms floating by and I have one duck dive one day and it's used sanitary pads and it hit me in the face. So that is like, I've always been aware of that like tangible uh, pollution and then surfing that spot when I was 18 I actually got I inhaled some water into my lung and I got pneumonia and pleurity and emphysema and was in a hospital for a month oh, wow. missed all of my a-levels a bit like a bit like the kids are doing this summer I had no prom yeah. no a-levels <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, had, a, had a month kind of in bed doing nothing um, so then aware of like water quality um, and then but about six years ago now I was surfing in the Maldives on a boat trip um, and it should be like the absolute dream trip right just surfing yeah. all day every day living on a boat perfect waves but in reality the plastic pollution there is so mm. much you, can't, you, you really can't not see it like what you think of postcard perfect bit beaches are just covered really in plastic so it's one of the most densely populated places in the world. And because it's an island nation, there's nowhere for them to put the rubbish. So all the plastic, there's, they've got an island called Trash Island that all the plastic just go, yeah. goes onto it. It's like a huge mountain. And you can see it burning as you fly in. Um, so I think that was the point where I was like, right, this is it. I can't just travel the world having a jolly old nice time and ignore this. Mm. Um, and I, when I came home from that trip, I changed a lot of things in my life. I um turned vegetarian i moved out to ireland to live on an organic veg farm started growing all my own food i stopped flying traveling and i said to all my surf sponsors that i was only going to take like the boat or the train for photo shoots um yeah just started introducing little changes into my life and kind of shared them on social media along the way and then Mm. five or six years further forward hello here we are (laughs) (laughs) here we are yeah i think it's great though because you you're you know you touched on it before as well you said like you know you're kind of using your everyday life and your your everyday experience of you know being a, a surfer to actually spread the message of like um so i know you were doing like was it the two two minute beach cleans and yeah. things like that where you yeah, walk around yeah. so every surf i've gone for for years every surf or swim we always do like a two minute beach clean and that the movement um was started by a guy called martin dory who's from where i am in north devon um it just you know two minute beach clean hashtag two minute beach clean and now it's like millions of people have done their two minute beach clean and all of those two minutes added together around the world and it's not just the action of like moving the plastic off the beach because in reality that plastic is probably going to well it's either going to recycling or landfill but it's that you like i think when people start to see connect and engage and see the tangible effects of plastic pollution so once you see toothbrushes washed up on a beach you mm. realize oh this is what happens to a used toothbrush this is what happens to a tampon applicator so yeah it's kind of it's raising the awareness yeah it's great and it's like i've i've in the more recently for sure i've uh, kind of become more conscious of it i remember actually being when i was a teenager i used to be so like just just didn't care like you know they eat a sweet or a chocolate and you just chuck the wrapper on the floor or you come out of mcdonald's and like the paper would be straight on the floor and stuff i remember making a decision probably when i was like 18 19 to like actually i'm not going to throw my litter on the floor anymore if it means i have to hold on to it and throw it in the bin i'm going to do that because like this is this is not good Mm. but then more recently 
um i've kind of become more i guess yeah like in that boat of like if i see a piece of litter on the floor and it's like mm, that's not great like just go and pick it up and you know you can chuck it in a bin and and i had a moment recently where i really realized how how deep i'd gone into like trying to be more conscious of the environment and and especially like pollution and you know of the sea and stuff and mm-hmm. i was sat on a i was i was while i was traveling i was sat on this like pier and it was at night and we'd had like a few beers or whatever and i moved and as i moved i accidentally kicked one of the empty cans in off the pier into the water and it just went like floating away and it was too dark and i'm petrified of the sea so there was no way i was like <laughs> gonna jump in and get it and no one kind of moved and we tried to get this guy who had a fishing thing next to us to like throw his net and try and catch it and it, we didn't manage to get it we just all sat there like really sad watching this can just oh. floating up into the distance and i was like i was devastated i was like jeez i've just caused like god knows what what bigger you know impact that's going to have somewhere down the line i felt really like really bad about it um and that's when i realized that like recently i was like wow i like we should be thinking like that we should be thinking like you know we need to take more care of this stuff and i think that's why it's great to see people like you you know going around sharing that message as as well as all the other people who've joined in the two minute challenge and everything Um, what what other things have you kind of experienced or done along the way on this journey to kind of help raise that or spread that message should i say okay so the last day i was in london before lockdown um i was walking down the street with my friend kieran and we saw a bath like a used bath Mm thrown in the street like rubbish um so we decided to pick that bath up and lug it around london (laughs) Um, and we carried the bath to um, a little community garden that we've just started um so kieran runs get out charity which i'm an ambassador for um we're taking kids from tower hamlets in young in london which is the place that with the highest child poverty in the uk um, and taking those kids out of London and down to the coast surfing, doing beach cleans and surfing and camping, kind of little wild holiday. And most of these kids have never seen the ocean before. Mm. Um, and then part of that as well, we started up a community garden there at one of the schools in Tower Hamlets. So we took the bath there and we are going to turn it into some kind of a wormery or bed to plant oh, veg nice. or something. <laughs> That's really cool. That's really nice. And I think, do you know, I, I, that's what I, I'm really interested in is like the kind of what are the day to day things that we can all do to kind of help, um, you know, environmentally with just everything, because, you know, there's a lot, of, it's, it's a very popular conversation now, and rightly so, you know, we're trying to undo all of the crap that we've kind of put onto, into the environment. So, from your kind of perspective i know you've got your uh yeah. sustainable coffee cup that you're drinking from there like what's what's <laughs> other things we can do kind of in a day-to-day basis to kind of help that because i'm really interested in these things because I, f- I always find that it's really almost overwhelming when you think okay let's like all yeah. like help the environment it seems well, really th- like I think, wow i think one of the main things that people always ask me about like sustainable swaps and what can i get and what can i do but i think one of the biggest things we can do is all starting to consume less so i don't think like going out and buying a new pair of yoga leggings because they're made from recycled plastic i mean if you don't need a new pair of leggings then it's not actually more environmentally friendly to be consuming more so um the first thing i'd just consume less like stop buying so much stuff um tried like fashion especially um trying to buy secondhand um I get most of my stuff in charity shops. Mm. And then if I do buy kind of making conscious decisions to buy from like small independent brands, um, as far as sustainable swaps, one that I always talk about that isn't so relevant for you, but hopefully you have some, uh, people who have periods who are listening. Um, period plastic is, um, like in the UK, 2.5 million tampons and 1.5 million pads are flushed down the toilet every single day, every day. Yeah, every wow. day. And all that plastic finds it, well, not all of it, most of it, it finds its way out into ocean. Jeez. And then it's, you know, eaten by fish and birds and ends up in our food chain. So switching periods, like there are some things where sustainable swaps are a really great idea and period plastic is one of them. So switching, you know, your disposable tampons and pads over to menstrual cups or period pants. Mm-hmm. Um, same, you know, the disposable coffee cups are a bit of a terror so carrying around a reusable but what i like to do instead is 
just try to slow things down? Do we even need takeaways? Can't we just make yeah. the time to sit down and have a cup of coffee? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of things. I don't really yeah. know how to begin. <laughs> yeah. I think as well, like on the coffee thing there, I think that, and just takeaways in general, I think what we might notice from this, you know, quarantine and isolation situation is that actually we can live a life at a slightly slower pace. Like we don't have yeah. to walk into a, you know, a, a, a Leon or a, you know, a Pret or a whatever and go, actually, I'm going to grab my coffee and, and I'm going to run with it because I've got to get to this place. It's like, you can like chill. It's like just, it's <laughs> time to slow down. Yeah. yeah. And Everyone's I think that's such a rush. It's like pointless. All the takeaway stuff to me is like pointless plastic because we don't need to take away. We should make five or 10 minutes, just sit down and kind of like have a mindful moment with that cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, that, that's kind of part of the pleasure of it. That's, and that's one of the things I really enjoy about going for a coffee is you can actually take your time to just get your coffee, sit down, mm. you know, sit there while you might want to, you know, read something on your phone or a newspaper or a book or, you know, just sit and just process your own thoughts or whatever it is, you know, it's, that's you know how much when, when lockdown is over, how much everyone's <laughs> going to enjoy going to their like favorite local cafe and just sitting down and having yeah. a coffee. Yeah. Oh, God, wait. It's so true, right? It's so true. There's like one right near me, and I'm just like, every day I'm like, oh, I really just fancy like walking up there and getting a coffee, but obviously I can't because it's closed. So I'm just like, mm, okay. I have to just... I'm really stoked because just before lockdown, I got a packet of that um, Vivo Life matcha, oh, yeah. like organic yeah. matcha, and I have a good stock of oat milk, and I just put an espresso milk frother thing. So I'm like at home oat milk matcha lattes. Oh, look long. at that. <laughs> Professional. Yeah, I've just bought a load of um, uh, mushroom coffee from a company called Super U. And it's, um, I, had, I, I bought some eight, like, a few months ago and I was really into it because it's obviously it's got lots of like health benefits for, because, you know, mushrooms are like a superpower, like uh, fungi. And it's like, there's so many different things in it. Like it's good for your brain. It's good for your body. It's good for recovery. It's good for this. And it's the caffeine content's a bit lower. So even if you consume it in the afternoon, you're not, you're not kind of sat bolt upright in bed yeah. at like 12 o'clock. Like I can't get to sleep. <laughs> I'm like super into that at a minute. And it's just really good. Cause I can, you know, again, I can make it at home and just pour some hot water. And if I want to add milk, add milk and stuff. So yeah, yeah it doesn't feel like so bad that I can't go out and have a cup of coffee basically. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it is interesting. What what have you been experiencing and then sort of learning during this isolation period? Um, I think when they first announced the lockdown, I was quite uh, like emotional in a way. I, my parents are both kind of elderly. Well, I say elderly. They're both around 70 and in the vulnerable categories. My dad's had a heart condition. My mum has an immune condition. Yeah. Um, and my sister is a NHS nurse and I kind of just had that realization like wow I could actually not see some of my family members again like if this goes badly for us mm. um, and I was pretty upset for the first day or two but I've actually really settled into it and I'm kind of loving it I've been doing loads of gardening um, planting plant, planting some seeds to grow some veg kind of getting all the jobs done around the house that you never do, like painting walls and I don't know. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think the first, what I think we're what, two weeks in now as of recording yeah. or so, and, or maybe even three. I'm, I've, again, I've completely lost track. We, of, we, we were isolating before lockdown. Yes, exactly. Johnny had been in London. So we kind of started social distancing a week before lockdown. So I feel like we're a week further into it than yeah. everyone else. <laughs> And I think at first it, it comes really scary. And obviously there's a lot of stuff like, you know, you know, not having work on and people, you know, being, you know, losing out on jobs and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm in yeah. the same position as well with yeah, some too. of the, the freelance work that I do. So, but that being said, I feel like I have been enjoying this time because again, it's, it's time to just process everything and just sort of look at yeah. life in a different way. And it almost takes us back to like a very, early human you know ape kind of culture where you're just with your tribe you're just with your yeah. your pack your family and you kind of you live your life within that circle and we've kind yeah. of been living a life way way beyond that you know which mm -hmm. is exactly what has caused this whole situation in the first place how connected everything was and you know yeah. how disconnected we were from ourselves and the people around us and you know even like things like the environment and everything so I think like for me I'm just enjoying this time and 
just doing those things. I was, you know, I've got, I'm at my parents and I've got my, my nonna from Italy here because she, she comes over oh. every Christmas and she obviously she couldn't go back to Italy because it was too, yeah. too dangerous. And she, you know, she's 88, lives by herself and stuff. And she lives in the mountains. Oh. Like, Oh my God, it must be so nice for her to be there with you. Yeah. Well, you'd think she's dying to get back, but <laughs> she, she loves, she loves her own space because she lives in this little village with like no more than like three, 400 people. So it's like up in the mountains yeah. away from everything. But wow like having her here and just like spending time the other day, like just she was making biscuits. So I was like helping her make biscuits and just things like that. You just don't normally get to appreciate, you know, you're st- mm. like starting to appreciate those little things of like, actually, you know, the sun was out yesterday. Oh, the sunlight has just been amazing. Bit. It's such yeah. a blessing, isn't it? Yeah. I, think yeah, I agree. And I, I'm amazed how much like I pretty much all of my work has been canceled for the next three months. So all, I've had to cancel all of my yoga retreats, um, all of the events I was speaking at, um so I also have kind of lost about 95% of my income but I'm amazed how much I haven't been I've kind of been enjoying so much like the sunlight and gardening and doing yoga every day and facetiming my family and friends every day and like all this connection and time to rest and relax that I kind of the financial stress hasn't bothered me as much as it normally does when I'm earning loads of money (laughs) yeah yeah it's funny isn't it because it just it's just made me think like and I I often think this anyway to be honest like what is this like working you know to survive life all about like what like why are we in this position anyway in life where we have to strive so hard just to earn money to get by like surely there's a different way to view living because you know you look at animals they don't have to strive to earn something that so that they can get food they just go out and they may some will hunt or whatever like mm-hmm. there's got to be a different way to experience this and i just find it fascinating how we're now in that position where it's like know. you know the financial situation has been taken away from a lot of people so it's like actually what is this life about you know yeah well we're just gonna try and grow our own veg we'll need yeah. less money than anyway <laughs> yeah grow, grow, grow enough and you can start selling it to your neighbors <laughs> <laughs> let's see it might come to that <laughs> yeah um so yeah the, the another thing i wanted to talk about and i think it's a, another massive part of the conversation for you is like the feminism side of things because i know obviously again it rightly so it should be a big part of conversation these days but also in a way it shouldn't because we shouldn't have to be having the conversation in the first place right so yeah. <laughs> again what what where did you start in terms of like becoming more passionate about vocaling you know, your, your concerns or, or wanting to empower other women? Yeah, again, the same as like with the, the um, how I was always kind of aware of like the plastic pollution and the water quality. I was always aware of um, kind of inequality and unfairness in surfing. And um, I just didn't know how to vote, like, you know, I didn't have the vocabulary to talk about it, but I had things like, the owner at the local surf school had rang my mum and said that maybe I wasn't going to be allowed to join because I was too much of a distraction for the boys. And I was just furious at 14. Like I'm a distraction for the boys. Like why that's, why is that my problem? Why is that my fault? That's the boys. Like I'm just a 14 year old kid who wants to go surfing. Um, and same with surfing. It was very much like the girls who fitted the cultural beauty standards of surfing. So the girls who have blonde hair and slim, tanned and, you know, white skin. These are the girls who got sponsorship and then had success. And if you didn't have, get that, if you weren't, if you didn't look the right way, you wouldn't get the sponsorship. You couldn't afford to go to the contest. So it's kind of like that red. And I knew that that was all really unfair um, and it didn't feel right. And even, you know, I, I was benefiting from it for, for a long time too, but it didn't feel right. I just didn't know how to talk about it. And then, yeah, I guess it's just been a developing over a lifetime. And the more I read about it and the more I learn, um, a couple of years ago, we founded that. So there's the Institute for Women Surfers and we um, founded the European chapter of that two, three years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um and that has been amazing to kind of, it, it is a blend of kind of academics and surfers and women in businesses. And we all come together and kind of share our experiences and like learn the theories and academics around feminism to put into. Yeah. I feel like I've been talking for ages. 
<laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's nice. No, good. And it's what, so what are the things then that you, you took from that, what you were just talking about? The yeah. um, Institute for Women Surfers. Um, stuff like around, um, so the, a lot of the work I did was around the representation of women surfers in the media um, and how, like I have my own experiences where I was asked to comment on something, the World Surfing League basically gave and um, told all their media to stop zooming in on girls duck diving. So when a girl duck dives, you just see her as an ass shot, right? Yeah. You never zoom in on a guy doing a duck dive. You zoom in on guys doing turns and aerials. Um, and I was just asked to comment on that. And I was like, yeah, it's a really great thing that the WSL are going to stop zooming in on girls' bums. Brilliant. Mm. And somehow that quote got turned into an article in all the papers um, that ran with a photo of a huge photo of me in a bikini that was like five years old um, saying that um, I don't wear a bikini anymore. Basically it sounded like I was slagging off anyone who surfed in a bikini and um, the whole article was just an excuse for them to run a photo of a girl in a bikini. Mm. Um, and like that in itself, I surf in the UK. I surf in a wetsuit, not because I don't like bikinis, because the water's fucking cold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if you're going in for an hour, you need a five or six mil wetsuit. Um, and the fact that I was ever asked to model in a bikini and pose in a bikini on the beach, it doesn't even make any sense. Like you don't mm. wear a bikini to go surfing in the UK. Like no male surfer in the UK would be posing with board shorts on the beach for a newspaper article or a surf mag, you know? So that was kind of one of the things that we um, discussed and looked at, yeah, different, I guess there's a lot of, I'm not going to go too deep into feminism right now, but um, that kind of male dominated media and localism and territorialism and all the kind of ugly sides of surfing. Um, yeah. I kind of have a new understanding of it all now. Yeah. And what's it like then from, a from your point of view but also from a female perspective of having that understanding that certain jobs or certain you know like you said um photo shoots and, and everything are kind of for the women are based solely on looks is there an element of if you weren't getting certain opportunities or certain jobs that you almost start to it almost forces you to judge yourself based on your physical appearance. Is that something that you experienced? Um, yeah, that, I mean, one of the reasons I stopped surf competing and, and basically like everything, how do I put this into words? Like my whole life was spent being compared to others, like, surfing competitions you're in the water and there's four of you being compared yeah for your skills so it's slightly different and then in modeling you go to a casting and there's someone looks you up and down and they're just judging you and comparing you to the next girl and it was really really bad for my mental health and then yeah like knowing you even now like that a lot of the work i get is based around how i look um it it isn't a great feeling. I'm definitely like, that's why I try and um, do the writing and public speaking. Cause I don't want to be defined by my aesthetic, you know, There's, mm. um, I don't think it's good for your mental health to have all your value placed on your looks. No, not at all. And I think again, that as good as some of the, the, the things that we're seeing with social media now with, you know, what we were talking about earlier, like, you know, Instagram live stream, fitness classes and yoga class and all the kind of positive effects of it. There's, there's a lot of, bad effects that come with it as well you know I've spent a lot of time as a career working in social media so I kind of understand fully exactly what you know from from a brand point of view or from an advertising point of view what people what you know the effect that that's having almost right so mm. how do you how or how did you or even still how do you manage that like from a kind of mental health perspective and self-esteem I think is probably more important perspective what do you do to kind of check yourself and, you know, keep yourself balanced and everything? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I have all my little daily rituals and routines that help me feel like calm and centered and grounded. But I think the self-esteem side of things was for me to make sure that my work kind of aligns to my 
like morals and beliefs mm-hmm. to know that the work I'm doing is meaningful. So that I'm not just writing some dross for a gossip magazine. Like if I'm writing about surfing, I'm going to try and make it that actually I'm writing about environmental or social issues. Yeah. Um, and like for me to look back over the last two years and see like the bits of work that I've done that have been quite meaningful and I feel have contributed to the world that feels good for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But the, how do I check in with myself? I, you know, you know, you do the same. I'm sure I try and do a bit of yoga, a bit of breathing, cold water swimming. Yeah. I think ultimately it's, it's, for me, it's an understanding of, you know, like you said, what, what you represent and what it is you're trying to do beyond, you know, the, the face value things. So like for you, the surfing beyond, beyond the sport, beyond that is you're trying to raise this awareness of the issues with feminism, the issues with, or sexualization rather of women in sport, mm-hmm. you know, the, the environmental issues. And I think as long as you know, that your values and what you're trying to do is in line with your morals. Like you said, Mm. I think you can, it helps ease any worries, any anxieties, any, any pain that you may feel around it, you know, because I, I constantly question myself about a lot of things, you know, even down to like, you know, part of changing the name of the podcast, for example, is part of me questioning, like, is the podcast, you know reaching its potential is it doing as well as that podcast how comes that person's podcast is doing really well and mine's not at that level how you know and you're constantly looking around going oh like that person's content is pretty much the same as mine but what because they've got a bigger name or a bigger following they get more attention for it or you know you're constantly looking at those areas and you're you're almost putting yourself down on it but ultimately i don't let that get too much on top of me because i know i'm like right it doesn't matter the numbers the um you know, the kind of material stuff in terms of like who's watching it and whether, as long as it's having the impact that I believe it to have and want it to have, then that's the most important thing, whether that's to one person or a million people or 10 million people, you know, the most important thing is the message, right? And, and what is, yeah, I agree. Integrity. Yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah, integrity is, yeah, really, really great word for it. Um, which is why I think, you know, doing work like what you do in terms of like speaking out around the sexualization of women and sport and stuff it's like totally you know warranted like it shouldn't we shouldn't be in a position where you know based on someone's appearance whether you're a guy or a girl you're getting work over another person if mm. you're on, if you're on the same you know level in terms of like the quality of what you do or whatever it is it's kind yeah. of it's just it's sickening really isn't it yeah, I mean, it's probably in, it's probably not just in surfing and sport. It's probably in so many different parts. Yeah, but it yeah. really is like ingrained in our culture, isn't it? To celebrate God, beauty as such, like whatever the industry's beauty standards are. Yeah, exactly. And I think like one of the things that I'm, I'm having a bit of a self-reflective moment here as I speak. Like one of the things I'm most proud about with the podcast and everything is like my following and my audience is sixty percent plus female and i really like that because you know i'm a guy talking about stuff that is like quite honest and open and i'm trying to you know do a a good thing hopefully you know and to have that kind of that figure there is nice because it's like but also it makes me question like why aren't there more guys who are kind of out and you know is that, I definitely, is that... I, I have really similar, like, I think something like 75% of my following is female yeah. and I'm really like really proud of that number and I love seeing it go up and it's not because I don't want male followers, it's because I know like there's other influencers in my world and I know that, you know, I know I could easily be posting loads of bikini photos and having <laughs> yeah, lots yeah. of male followers, like I could, could grow my numbers, but I would rather have a smaller audience that was kind of, um, engaged and interested in what i was saying and being educated by it than a large number of followers who just care about what i look like exactly so, yeah also i'm quite stoked to have a mostly female audience at the moment yeah that's great i mean it is it's, and, and i do have a fair few loyal male followers who yeah are always chat back when i'm talking like i talk a lot about periods to try and um, yeah. normalize the narrative around periods and you know i've got loads of guys who chat away with me about periods and Wanking yeah. And yeah, stuff, yeah. 
No, I'm definitely, I'm definitely in that category now of one of those male followers for sure. Cause I think <laughs> I, you know, I've been following your stuff since, um, well, I actually heard you on with in, in a conversation with Tony Riddle on his, oh, yeah. his podcast. And that's where I first got kind of put onto your work. And then, you know, I follow a, a few other people who I know it started to then, you know, mention you or were sharing, you know, a space or, or an, at the similar event or whatever as you. And I was like, okay, so I was sort of following that journey and it's, I think it's it's powerful because it's like you have to have, you know, a kind of a value behind what you do. And I think that's ultimately yeah. that's the most important thing, whether that's, you know, being a lawyer or being a doctor or, you know, doing, you know, the kind of work that you're doing or, you know, whether you're a, a social media influence or whatever it is, you know, it's like mm-hmm. you've got that, that value and that integrity behind what you do. And ultimately that speaks out beyond everything because, you know, if you're showing up honest for yourself, then there's no way anyone can ever tell you that what you're doing is the wrong thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I do really, you know, I really consider all of that, but like in, when I am doing social media influencer stuff and partnerships, I really, um, very like consider all my values and stuff. And I try to only work with brands that align. And it's that like, if anyone questions any of it, I can really stand up for myself and say like, Hey, I'm working with this brand because I, use them and believe in them and recommend them and um, feel quite confident with my decisions. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's amazing because yeah, it's just, I think that's, that's the way I always approach things as well, you know, and it's just, it's super important. Um, and I even think like the way that the, the power it has to kind of shape industries as well. Like, I don't know whether for you in the, in the surfing world, whether there's now a more, conscious kind of um like there's more work i guess going into like raising awareness around the environmental issues that come you know through what people experience when they're surfing basically i don't know if this if there's anything the surf industry is doing to kind of help that i don't know if there's any kind of like i don't know eco-friendly surfboard yeah, companies I mean, or de- things. yeah definitely definitely like for instance so I did a social media post with my friends have an organization called city to see. Um, and they did something a couple of months ago called period detectives where yeah. you just had to go into your local short store and um, say if it was a bloody success or a bloody shame as to whether there was any plastic free period items. Um, and I did an Instagram story in my local boots and I was like, it's a bloody shame. The whole aisle is plastic. I had a phone call last week following the like period detective thing um, with Boots and the head of their own brand, Period Products, um, and they are like launching a new sustainable brand, and it's all a bit secret at the moment. But you know that one Instagram story has helped lead to real change in yeah. the industry. So it all helps. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's great. And you know, I want to kind of keep sharing that message myself. You know, because I think it's massively important, and I try and do as much as possible, but you know, it's hard, it's hard to kind of, and you probably experienced as well as like to play all the instruments, you know, to try and share all the messages. It's re- it, it does get really almost exhausting. And it's like, as much as I am trying to be conscious about the environment, it's not, you know, that's not my core message, but I will try yeah. and always, you know, showcase things that I'm doing to kind of help where, where I can, you know, cause I think it ultimately it's probably the most important, one of the most important messages out there, because if we don't take care of the environment, like the environment's not going to take care of us. Like it's, yeah, but I, I imagine, that. I mean, I'm guessing here, but I imagine one of your key messages is more about taking care of yourself and meditation. And that is also, you know, is that right? Yeah, for sure. And I think that, but that, if we don't do that. then we're Exactly. So, the environment exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. So it's like, you know, it's hard to beat all the drums, but that I think for me is that if you do go on that journey of self, self discovery and, you know, wanting to be more reflective and live more presently and all of that is you then start to become more conscious mm-hmm. of things like the environment because it, it comes as part of the process because you're connecting yeah. yourself back to the oneness of life and what living Absolutely. at one with nature. Which is so. why I like, I like getting women in the water, you know, like getting people cold water swimming, getting people surfing. Yeah. If you're in the water, you are immersed in nature. And from there you become aware of, you know, the first thing might be the plastic pollution and then you kind of go on this whole little journey. So that's like, for me, it's, it all comes back to just getting people in the water. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's talk to me then about this cold water swimming, because I, I've experienced, 
I've experienced it twice. So one was in, I was in Iceland and I went to like an outdoor swimming center where the, the water was heated, but they had like an yeah. ice. I'm like, hang on, the water's heated. <laughs> yeah. Cause they have like, cause Iceland's on like a geothermal. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. So the, yeah. the, the pools are all heated because obviously it's like minus five or something, but they had one um, ice bath which I got in, which was a fascinating experience to say the least. And then, <laughs> and then the other time was, was whilst I was traveling, I was in an area of Patagonia and there's, there's a, a river called Rio Azul, which, is, which means blue river because the water is literally crystal clear blue because wow. it runs off the mountain from a glacier. So when you get in it, it's absolutely <laughs> freezing. And I, I, I swam in that a couple of times. So tell me, tell, tell me about your experience then. Go on. Oh man. Like, so, so, the so the first one was in Iceland. And so my approach, right, was, okay, I'm going to get in because I want to do it because I do, I do like a cold shower. Like I'm a, I'm a person that when I have my shower in the morning, the last couple of minutes is that bang from hot to cold. And I love that kind of two second delay almost before the water turns cold and you're kind of almost (laughs) anticipating it, you're ready for it. And then it hits and you're like, oh, this is so nice. So I quite, I do enjoy that. So when I was in Iceland, I was like, right, I'm going to get into this ice pool. We've been, we've been jumping from hot pool to hot pool into the saunas, into the steam room. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going for the ice pool because I want to experience it. And as I was walking into it or up to it, I was thinking, okay, what would, you know, someone like, what would Wim Hof or someone like that be saying right now? Yeah. Like, what, what, would the, what would the advice be? And I know there's a lot of like, you know, don't jump in, obviously. Don't go in, don't take, your, don't take too long because then you start worrying about the cold. Just do it at a nice steady pace. So I just got into this pool and just almost like just stepped in as if it was a normal, small, hot, you know, hot tub or whatever. Yeah. And my friend, my friend was behind me and I've just got into this pool, just walked in, sat down and I'm like, okay, it's cold. So I'm like, focus on the breath, focus on the breath. <laughs> sat there, like eyes closed, just trying to almost like do my meditation, not thinking about the cold. Slowly, slowly, I just feel like my toes going numb, my fingers <laughs> going cold. And I was just like, oh my God, no, just keep it here, keep it here. Because one of the conversations I had on the podcast with a guy called Sam Qureshi was about fear. And he, he mm-hmm. spoke about fear lives in the future. So it's not, it's not the fear of what you're doing. It's the fear of what, what might happen, which is what cripples you. So he, yeah. he said something along the lines of, I'm probably going to totally butcher this right now, but he said something along the lines of like in those moments there, so in that ice bath, my fear was that I was going to get so cold. I was going to die. That's, that's your fear, right? Straight away. That's yeah. the fear that comes yeah, in. Yeah. So to not play into that fear, you should only get out of that water when you're ready to get out and not get out because you're, you're feeling the cold scared. and you're, you're, yeah. you're scared. So that was what was in my mind. I was like, okay, I'm going to get out when I'm ready. I'm bloody freezing, but I'm going to get out when I'm ready. I'm trying to stay calm. And I think after about 40 seconds, I managed to, to get up and get out. That's and after really month, good. Yeah, it was, wow. it was, it was quite good. like I'm a little not, tiny Buddha. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't feel like one. I was a frozen Buddha. <laughs> but my mate was who who got in behind me afterwards, he was like, mate, he's like, how did you just get in there so quick? You like you didn't even flinch. And I was just like, I was just trying not to think about the cold and just submerge. Yeah. Um, because the person so who's standing around there flinching in the shallows is probably like still not even in exactly. that whole 40 seconds. They've been stood there like getting colder and colder. Yeah, flapping you about and worried about getting everything. their yeah, worried about their bum getting wet and then like their chest getting wet and then that yeah. I was just like, I'm just gonna just go in, in one yeah. sort of smooth so moment. I totally agree. You have to get in without hesitating. So you don't jump straight in because there's danger of cold shock. Um, but you just get in kind of slowly, but without hesitating. So I'm always the same. I just kind of walk straight in mm. um, and keep breathing. But I think what I really love about it is that you know, your brain has limited bandwidth. And it can only deal with so much. So when you're in that cold water, you pretty much can only focus on your breathing. Like that's that you're, think, you're feeling all the sensations and you're focusing on your breathing and that's all you can do. So I don't know. It's like, uh, I guess it's like my little form of meditation. You leave all your shit on the shore. Yeah, yeah exactly. And what, what, then, what are some of the benefits of it? Cause I know there's a, there's a lot of research and data out there. What are some of the benefits that you personally experience, and also the ones that you know, you know scientifically yeah. proven? So for me, the main benefit is just that it feels amazing. It makes me feel epic. <laughs> like I always come out feeling really, you know, great for the rest of the day. Um, and community as well has been a huge benefit for me. I've made some of my best friends through cold water swimming um, and kind of find a little community wherever I go. So Wim Hof would talk about the um, immune boosting benefits. So they say like cold water swimming can increase your immune system and 
increases your metabolism and reduces your cortisol and all this. There's all this science, but you know, there's for all of that science, there's also science that says that it's hard to prove whether it's the cold water swimming or whether it's the exercise or whether it's being with friends. But I kind of don't care if it's a placebo, like it feels great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who cares if it's a placebo, like if it's making your immune system stronger and it feels great. Great. Let's go for it. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's, I definitely want to kind of do more of it because I know, um, where, where do you do, where do you go cold water swimming then? What, what are, sort you, of are you London based? Or? Yeah. So in London, um, one of my favorite places is the ponds at Hampstead Heath. That's where I would go. Tony Riddle goes to the, we used to go to the mixed pond and he goes to the men's pond and then there's the women's as well. Um, it's just like a little sanctuary in the city, you know, it's a yeah. 10 minute walk through trees and fields and little secluded pond. Um, and it's a great place to swim because there's lifeguards. So it's oh, quite nice. a safe, safe place to start going. Um, there's lifeguards year round at the men's and women's um and then which side of london are you i'm north london so I'm, I'm not far from Hampstead. not I'm far from there yeah and then so parliament hill lido is also great mm. um it's another lifeguarded spot and it's got a sauna so you can kind of do the hot cold hot cold Ooh, yeah. um and then where else is probably near you in the summer west reservoir in stoughton newington is amazing um you can kind of actually they've got a swim so you can actually swim there like it they have a 1500 meter track i think Wow. Track? That's not the right word for swimming, yeah, is like it? A, uh, I don't know. Yeah. What do you what do you call it? A pool, isn't it? A pool? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, brute. No, it might be a, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um so yeah, there's there's so many places in London for outdoor swimming. Um and then we moved down to Cornwall last year, so I swim in the sea now. Oh sick. That's yeah. gotta be an experience I, in itself. Yeah, I love like there's something I love swimming in London or anywhere outdoors, but there's something so magic about being in the sea. It's maybe it's to do with the salt water and you know the salt is full of so many minerals and maybe it's to do with the like you're swimming in a body of water that collect, connects the whole planet yeah um but yeah there's and also being able to see the horizon and that kind of whole aspect but yeah i nothing will ever be being in the sea for me yeah i'd say i'm although i am i am opposite to you and i hate cold showers oh really <laughs> Hate, hate, hate cold showers. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it to my, like having a hot shower is such a luxury and I just can't do it to myself, turning the shower cold. Yeah. So you need, you need to break through that. You need to just do it. It's, that's like one of my favorite parts of the morning is that, that. I don't mind shower. having, I don't mind having an outdoor cold shower, right? So I can go outside mm. and stand in a cold shower, but there's something about being in like my indoor shower in my bathroom. That's just, I can't do it. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. See, but yeah. I'm, I'm like, like I said before, I'm petrified of the sea. So I'd, I would, mm. I mean, the idea of cold water swimming in the sea is like, I mean, there's, there's so many fears that I'd have to try and break through. I would, through love, just to do I would that. love, 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 love to take you if you're ever down in Cornwall because oh, for sure that is like, that's the, you know, I mean, firstly, it's good to be scared of the sea. She's a masterless ocean and the sea can be a really dangerous place. So it's good to have like some, fear around the sea and be sensible with it but there's also you know i have women coming on my retreats who are scared of the sea they're scared of the cold water they don't think they'll ever you know they won't even consider it on the first day and by day three or four they're like naked and jumping off a pier in ireland <laughs> <laughs> and to see like when people realize they can do something that they never thought they could realize mm. they can do something that they were really scared of like it's a very empowering feeling and you see how that then changes so much in their life. Like they'll go yeah. back and quit their job or change their relationship or, you know, start a new hobby. It's just, it really, um, it's, yeah. I know that I think the word empowering is very overused, but I think it's empowering. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. And it's like, I'm, so I'm, I'm scared enough of the sea in the sense of like, I can get in it. Like if I'm, if, especially at the beach, right, I can walk in and I'm happy to go up to like my chest and like that I'm cool like I won't yeah. I don't ever want to kind of be in a position where I can't feel the ground really but if yeah. I'm also like on a you know on like a pier like I'm happy to jump in I'm a little bit of an adrenaline junkie so I'm happy to jump in as long as I know where the exit is and I can get straight back out yeah and that's really so, really sensible yeah. that's like when, when I when we go swimming in the sea like we pretty much swim parallel to shore and we don't go out of our depth 
and when we swim yeah like on my retreats we take people swimming off the pier and you you jump in and you're right next to the stairs so you've got a quick clear exit it's also really important with cold water that you know where you're going to get out because once you you know the cold water just saps the energy from your limbs so yeah that's sensible you'll be fine I'm not Sick. asking you well, to swim off to the horizon. Just, <laughs> just float around somewhere safe. Yeah, that I can do. That I can do for okay. sure. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to take you up on that if I'm in Cornwall because I think once we're kind of out of the end of whatever it is we're in right now, I'm imagining we're not going to be able to go to different countries for a while, but we might be able to move around our own country. So Cornwall's definitely on my list. Cause yeah, I, I think everyone's going to come to Cornwall for some holiday, yeah. right? <laughs> I think it's the area of, of, of the UK that I kind of want to experience the most, that and like the Peak District or something, because I kind of, yeah. I, do, I feel really at home in nature. So I feel like they're the two best parts to kind of discover. So yeah, I will definitely take you up cool. on that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so to kind of start rounding us off here, I've got a couple final questions for you. The first one being, if we could get in a time machine and go back and speak to a younger, a younger Sophie, a younger version of you, um, yeah. what three bits of advice would you give yourself to start doing from that moment? This is such a hard question. That's why <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I, I, someone, someone asked me to write an article. One of the surf magazines asked me to write an article, like advice to my younger self. But they put in their brief that it had to be fun and lighthearted. And I was like, oh, no can do. Because <laughs> I don't think it would be fun and lighthearted. Like, I think one piece of advice would be stand up for yourself. Um, like, stand up and be heard. I think I probably um, there's definitely been times in my life where I froze or was silent. And I would like to stand up and say no or stand up and how I felt. So stand up for yourself, be heard. Um, what else? three bits of advice for little Sophie. Mm-hmm. Um, does everyone struggle with this question? Yeah. <laughs> um, probably find meaning in your work. Cause I think that as soon as I started doing that, my whole life kind of clicked into place. Um, and number three, eat organic. <laughs> mm. I hate to think how many years I ate non-organic food and what damage all those pesticides could have done to me. <laughs> yeah, that's great advice. So that's I'm trying to do more of that. I've just turned vegetarian recently. So, well, I say recently, it's probably like eight months ago now, mm-hmm. six, uh, seven maybe. And I'm just like, yeah, on that journey of just trying to just make sure what goes into my body is as clean as possible. Because at the end of the day, like we said before, if you can't, if you don't take care of yourself, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. It's, it's a big part of the picture so <laughs> health is wealth <laughs> exactly health is wealth exactly um, and then finally what what does happiness mean to you um happiness is uh salt water sunshine puppies and nature <laughs> yeah nice love that love that well look, thank you so much for joining me i really appreciate the time i really appreciate you coming here and you know telling us such important things and also just being just being true to you and doing, you know, your best, not for you, but for the environment and for trying to empower other women. It's, it's such an important message that you're, you're spreading, you know, and I think that, you know, it's only going to go on to bigger and better things for you. So thank you Thanks. so much for being here. You said, yeah. you say being here as if I'm here on your bed. <laughs> well, we're sharing this moment and that's what it's all about, right? It's a, it's a spiritual a experience of sharing of, of, energies via distance by the internet yeah you're um, <laughs> um, are you doing your daily meditations every day every day at 10 a.m yeah 10 okay yeah. cool i'll try and tune in for one yeah if you do i'll yeah do it it's 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 the, the the meditation we've been doing recently is about um less focus on just the normal breathing technique of meditation and we've just started diving into awakening the energy centers of the body whilst meditating so mm-hmm. it's a really nice one to help with like focus and you know just bringing your attention to, to things and being trying to almost bring awareness to your body it's quite nice it's a, my favorite type so yeah cool. if you do it'd be okay. good to have you there i was gonna say can you let the people know who are listening where they can keep up to date with your movements online and anything else that you want to kind of shout about that you do yeah um so the best place is probably my instagram um at sophie hellyer h-e-l-l-y-e-r um, and yeah, I share a lot in my stories about whatever I'm campaigning about this week or that. <laughs> so yeah, just keep an eye on my Instagram stories. Cool. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
So there we have it. I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Sophie Hellyer. She is amazing, amazing character. And I really, really love following her work and her journey online. And you guys should definitely go and check her out on Instagram and make sure you follow up because, you know, as you can hopefully tell from this episode, there's a lot of things that she's passionate about and a lot of subjects that she likes to cover, you know, through the work that she does. So I think it's truly fascinating to have people like her in the world doing such great things for such a great caution at cause and and you know causes that really we shouldn't be having to fight for you know to be honest so yeah it's definitely a conversation i was very much enjoyed having on this week's episode and if you liked what you heard then please be sure to leave a review or even better hit the subscribe button so you get the latest episode straight to your phone and if you know someone who you think would really benefit from hearing this episode then be sure to send them the link or a screenshot because it's important that we continue to spread the positive vibes and the messages from episodes like this. You know, I started this podcast because I wanted to help inspire positive change. And you can also be a part of that by sharing the love with someone you know. And as ever, you can connect with me online, on Instagram, at I am Alex Manzi. I'm always there if you want to ask me questions, if you want to say, hey, if there's any topics you want to hear me cover on the podcast, you can hit me up there, you can DM me. I'm always replying to people's DMs and always connecting with people on my Instagram. So be sure to come and hit me up there. And until next time, thank you for listening. And I will see you for the next episode. This podcast is produced by Unedited.